City. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. Welcome to Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. I'm Laura Jones. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Coming up on the show, a round of Music Meets Activism with Nate Manuel. He's an activist, an advocate, a gardener, a teacher, a mentor, and he's also facing a life-changing diagnosis. We're going to find out all about that, plus his playlist to match, folks. Stick around for that. Also, we're going to speak with folks from 4th Street Clinic in our community. They help folks experiencing homelessness access health care. We're going to talk about why that's so important. And there are Give Local Spotlight for tonight. Questions, comments, suggestions for the show, you can go to krcl.org and find all the details or just email me, radioactive at krcl.org. Especially if you have a suggestion for Music Meets Activism, some time you'd like me to spend with someone and help amplify their story and find out what's on their playlist. Radioactive at krcl.org. All right, let's do rallies and resources. Our four street guests are here as part of that. But if you go to krcl.org and you click on the Community Affairs tab, you'll find the Rallies and Resources tab. It's items in our community or events that we think radioactive listeners will enjoy or possibly take part in. For instance, there are holiday drives going on in the community. The Utah Tribal Relief Foundation holiday drive is going on all month long to help native communities in Utah. And the Uprock and Art Space Bitch Project Christmas Drive. They are gathering donations that will go to the Road Home Family Shelter. Runs through December 22nd. You can drop off things here as well as at Art Space Bridge Project or Uprock. Those details in the listing at Rallies and Resources. But what they're looking for, folks, towels, hygiene items, baby wipes, bottles, adult underwear, detergent, twin-size sheets, kitchen and bathroom basics, and especially apparently the number one item in demand is can openers for canned goods. A lot of folks that are experiencing homelessness need that tool and they break pretty frequently. So that's an item that you can help out with. There's an opportunity for you to help in the community. Going on in just 30 minutes at the Other Side Academy in downtown Salt Lake for South 7th East. It is National Gingerbread Day and they're building a house to build a home tonight. You can meet the Other Side Village team and neighbors, tour one of their village cottages and learn more about the Other Side Village's innovative approach to alleviating chronic homelessness. There's gingerbread kits and all sorts of things. You can find more details at krcl.org. Wednesday this week, 7 p.m. at the downtown Salt Lake City Public Library, it is Black, Bold, and Brilliant, the Black Food Edition. We gave you a preview last week on the show. But uh, there's going to be a roundtable discussion with local members of the Black Food Makers community and more details at krcl.org. Click on Community Affairs to find rallies and resources. And now for our special guests, we have Laurel Graham and Johnny Dot Emerson from the Fourth Street Clinic. Hi, how you doing? Hi. Good, how are you? So excited to see you. And Laurel, you and I go way back. I think uh, I was on one of the committees years ago yeah. at Fourth Street, and it was a real education about how services are delivered in our community, especially this time of year as we're facing the candlelight vigil coming up. 
next week, the 21st, I believe. Correct. It's the 21st in Pioneer Park at 530. And that is something that 4th Street helps coordinate. We do. Because we're going to be lighting candles in memory of folks who have passed away while living on the street. And most of those folks coming through 4th Street. They're coming, actually, Laura, through a lot of different places. I mean, we, a lot of them have been patients at 4th Street Clinic. Some of them have been at the in-between. The police also give us names, wrote home. I just looked at the list this afternoon. We're at about 134 people that passed away, which is, um, last year I think we ended at like 116. So it's a bigger number this year, which is always a sad number to see. Yeah. And I'll put details in the show notes, but also I've got it posted on rallies and resources because the Homeless Persons Candlelight Vigil starting at 5.30 on Wednesday, December 21st at Pioneer Park is open to the public dress warmly. And that's the whole point of having it on that night is to underscore the extreme circumstances, Laurel. Oh, absolutely. And it is um, on the winter solstice. So it's the longest night of the year. It's one of those nights that I get out there and I think, okay, my, my boots are probably good for an hour out here. And I realize how privileged I am to be able to know where I'm going to go to warm my feet up. And I realize that our patients don't always have that. So it does, it definitely brings it home. Um, I think for our staff and all the people that are in attendance as well. So come on out, but really like, honestly, it's one of those year days that you're just like, it's going to be really cold. Johnny Da, you're the uh, chief executive officer. How long have you been with 4th Street? Remind folks again your story there. Yeah, I've been with 4th Street for uh, just it'll be uh, six years uh, in January. I started as the chief operating officer uh, in 2017 and then moved into the interim CEO role and eventually the CEO role in January of 2020. So right January before. of 2020, pandemic year. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's a steep learning curve. <laughs> well, this is our Give Local Spotlight. Folks, you can shop local this year, but you can also give local. And 4th Street Clinic was just wrapping up its Give One, Raise Two program, but I understand it's been extended a bit. How does this work? Yeah, so this is our major year-end giving campaign. Um, and uh, the big push is always the 1st of December through the 10th, but we count everything in December kind of towards that effort. Um, it's a really great event that we organize. Uh, we have sponsors that match every dollar that individuals contribute so that you can give a dollar and that dollar becomes $2 when you give to 4th Street during the Give One Race 2 event. Uh, and so this year, our goal is to, to exceed where we were a little bit last year, which was just over a million. Um, and we're really close to hitting that goal. Sounds like a lot, but it's just a third of your budget. Yes, it is. Yeah, it counts for about 30%. Individual giving accounts for 30% of our annual budget. And um, the rest we uh, use grants support for, um, as well as patient revenue. So billing from Medicaid or other insurance providers. Uh, and 4th Street is on the verge of growing services next year. And so this uh, Give One Raise Two event is really important to give us that stability heading into next year as we try and increase our staff and increase the number of individuals we serve. Where can folks find out more, whether they need services or are able to donate time, talent, or treasure? Yeah, you can go to our website under 4thStreetClinic.org. Um, there's a join us section and there are opportunities for volunteers. Um, we have job postings there too if you're interested uh, in working in this community and working with these individuals. Uh, and um, there are also places where you can donate on our website uh, as well as anything that we need in terms of in-kind goods. So like Laurel said, it's a cold time of year. We're always looking for hats, gloves, 
socks, boots, anything to help keep people dry and warm. Let's talk about the impact of donations at 4th Street because I've often been impressed with how much 4th Street is able to do. And your tagline is homelessness hurts, but healthcare helps. Can you tell us a bit about some of your clients as well? Yeah. Um, so in at the clinic, we see just over 5,000 individuals, unique individuals a year. The vast majority of those individuals are currently homeless. So about 95% of those we serve are homeless. And that means they might be living on a street. They might be living in an emergency shelter. Um, or they could be living in a car or just couch surfing and going back and forth. Um, between all of those different locations, um, our patients are incredibly loving and kind. Um, and they don't feel well, just like when any of us don't feel well. Uh, and they need help and support in, in helping them start to feel better again uh, so that they can kind of get back on track and focus on other things like housings and jobs. And you were able to pivot during the pandemic. I remember driving by and seeing the the tents outside for testing and support during the pandemic, but you were able to also keep services for folks. Yeah, that's one of our biggest commitments. I mean, we're the only homeless health care provider in Salt Lake County, and so we recognize how critical it is for uh, us to be able to keep our doors open and make sure that people have access to affordable health care. They need access to their diabetes medication. They need access to their mental health medication. Um, they need access to additional health care services. Um, and that's really our role in the community. And so we have about 120 people who walk into the clinic on a daily basis seeking services. If 4th Street wasn't open, those individuals would be seeking care in emergency rooms and other healthcare systems. So we also recognize that we're part of the larger healthcare system as well. And so staying open was really our highest priority during the pandemic to make sure people had access to ongoing care. You're a walk-in clinic, but you also have street teams. Yes, we have our street medicine team, uh, which consists of a medical provider and a community health worker. Um, we're trying to add behavioral health services onto that team for next year because it's such a critical component of what we're seeing right now in encampments. That team is really dedicated to going out into camps and really working with the unsheltered population. We also have our mobile medicine team, um, and that team very similarly staffed has a medical provider medical assistant um, and adding behavioral health onto that they are going to each of the new homeless resource centers uh, as well as other permanent supportive housing locations that's a 45 foot rv uh, that has three exam rooms on it and that looks just like if you were to come into clinic and be seen in a you know brick and mortar type of building. No two patients are alike, but are the, is there anything that you've gleaned over the last year about folks who are experiencing homelessness and, and the new or unique challenges given the past year and rising inflation? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely seeing um, challenges with uh, meeting the rising cost of inflation, the rising cost of food, um, as well as rent, uh, and really seeing that start to have an impact on those who are seeking services um, and, uh, and the number of people who are seeking services. What are the challenges? You're the CEO. So tell us what folks don't know about 4th Street that it's struggling with. I mean, you see about 5,000 individuals a year, and you've been doing it for decades, but there's got to be some struggles that keep you up at night. Oh, for sure. I mean, um, so for us as an organization, as we think about the best way to meet our patient needs, 
uh, a big part of that is really building an inclusive environment uh, where everybody feels safe um, and uh, like they belong and like they're going to be treated with kindness and respect. And a lot of that comes down to building your culture as an organization. And so, you know, as we try and grow as an organization to meet the needs, um, we really have a lot of emphasis on trying to recruit the staff that we want to come in and work in the organization. And, and us, just like most employers in the country right now, are really struggling with recruitment. Inflation is having a huge impact on our ability to compete with other organizations and salaries and wages. Um, and so those are some of the things that keep me up at night. But the donations that the community gives you really help. Can you give me some, an example of what happens when my dollar comes to your door? What happens with all the money that's donated? Yeah, so um, donations help us serve, like we said, just over uh, 5,000 individuals a year. Um, we provide a little over eight, 1,100 dental visits, um, 1,600 behavioral health visits, 215 prescriptions filled every day. Um, 60 to 70 patients seen on our outreach team. Uh, so those donation dollars have a huge impact across the across the community. We're talking with Johnny Dot Emerson and uh, about Fourth Street Clinic in our community. You're downtown on Fourth South and Fourth West. I've been there forever. I remember the money to get that open. The Pamela Atkinson Fourth Street Clinic. And, and then we move the road home and we create these resource centers that now are not co-located. I remember when that was so important to the community to have services co-located. And then we, it seems like we reach a certain sort of milestone and then we decide we're going to change it up. I understand you're studying the future and of facilities for Fourth Street. What's that looking like? What can people look forward to or what that you maybe want them to help with their calls to lawmakers about? Yeah, I mean, I think co-location is still something that we recognize as being really critical. So our our model uh, at the clinic is to what we refer to as a hub-and-spoke model, and that's where a lot of those services, the street medicine and the mobile clinic, come into play, but also looking to stand up more robust services in each of the resource centers so that we can have staff on site um, in those locations on an ongoing basis 24-7 in the same way that they're currently operating to shelter individuals. So I think co-location is still really critical and we have had to adapt as our organization to be able to maintain that because we know that is what is going to deliver the best health outcome for the individuals that we're serving. Um, but with that become, comes a lot of increased complications, right? Because as more centers um, and sites get added into the homeless service continuum, that means that Fourth Street has to stand up new teams in each of those locations, and that adds a lot of operational complexity for us. Um, and it, it requires that we increase our staff um, so that they can be spread more dispersely throughout the community, um, which increases our overall operating expenses. Tell me about your staff, the PAs, the nurses. Can you share, share some stories about their work? Yeah, our staff are amazing. They're the, like the greatest group of people that I've ever worked with. They're so incredibly passionate and loving and caring for our patients. Um, we have one of our PAs uh, now who uh, came back about mm, 18 months ago. About that. He, yeah, he started as yeah. an MA. He started as a medical assistant, um, was always every patient's favorite medical assistant 
um, and then went to PA school. And just as he was finishing PA school, he reached back out and wanted to come back and serve in the community. And, and that's what we see with our staff. They're really dedicated to our mission and they're really dedicated to working with our, our patients. What's their name? Let's shout them out. Oh, Cameron Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> PA of the week. PA of the week. Whether you knew that was a program or not. I think it gets Cameron. a parking spot for ah, PA of the for week. PA. <laughs> PA He's going to be in my office tomorrow asking for <laughs> <laughs> Well, for folks listening who might want to donate their time versus um, perhaps working at 4th yeah. Street, how do you vet folks with those skills to come into the organization? Is there a process? we should share with folks who are thinking 2023 is a year that I'm going to donate some more time and four streets my my organization yeah we have on our website opportunities to volunteer um, we also have our volunteer application that is there uh, we have a volunteer coordinator Christina Duran who is amazing in supporting all of our volunteer efforts um, and so she'll work really closely with you to kind of identify what your interests are uh, and see if there's a good fit for what we're looking for in the organization. And we take all kinds of volunteers. We take clinical volunteers. We take non-clinical volunteers. Um, so we really appreciate that support. In the meantime, let's remind folks once again about the Homeless Persons Memorial Day, the candlelight vigil coming up. What date and time and where? Yeah, so the candlelight vigil is next Wednesday on the 21st from 5.30 to 6 30 p.m. in Pioneer Park. Uh, it's a nation nationwide event uh, that happens on the longest night of the year to honor and remember those who are homeless who have passed in the prior year. And who's going to speak? So Pamela Atkinson will be there to speak as well as... We have two consumers that are going to speak. Um, the Other Side Academy's choir is going to sing. We have a consumer that's No, they have a choir. They do have a choir. They're going to sing two songs. Um, and then we also have a, one of our consumer advisory board members that's going to sing. I want to say it's Amazing Grace that she's singing, I, I, believe. I believe so. Um, and then we also do the Traveler's Prayer, which will be read by one of the uh, Other Side Village's villagers. Um, we also have, I believe, the Lieutenant Governor coming, is yep. my understanding. So... It's it's a full, it's a full hour. Um, but most importantly, we'll be reading 134, 135 people's names that have passed away. Laurel Ingham, Johnny Daw Emerson, thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate your time. And what's the website one more time? FourthStreetClinic.org. Well, when we come back, we're going to be talking with Nate Manuel. Another round of music meets activism on KRCL.org. Thanks for tuning in. There's nothing like good music. And with your help, we can continue KRCL's mission of music discovery. See if your employer will match your recent donation to KRCL and double down on your support. Make a gift, pick out a t-shirt, and see if your employer matches contributions at krcl.org. Utah Dene Bekea works to protect and preserve cultural uses of public lands by tribes. To learn more about their programs, including art, traditional foodways, and cultural sensitivity courses, visit utahdenebekeya.org. That's Utah, D-I-N-E-B-I-K-E-Y-A-H dot org. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and the Subaru Share the Love event, a partnership with local charities in delivering hope this holiday season. Learn more and info on how to get involved at markmillersubaru.com.
You're listening to Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones. And coming up at 7 o'clock, it's Democracy Now!, followed by Red, White, and Blues with Brian Kelm, Night Train with Michelle, and then, of course, John Florence and your brand new day comes your way weekdays at 6 a.m. You can hear any show on demand, like this one, when you go to krcl.org and click on the Programs tab. Just sort by day or show. I recently got an email from a friend of the show, Brooke Larson, who said, hey, have you seen this feature on Nate Manuel in Slug Magazine or the GoFundMe circulating to support him in his fight with ALS? I want to read you some more of it. It says, Nate is an amazing community activist. He's been a coach, mentor, and educator for youth, primarily on Salt Lake's west side for most of his career. He is also a gardener, a water protector, and land defender that consistently shows up for his indigenous relatives and homelands. And so, Nate, welcome to Radioactive and a round of Music Meets Activism. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So tell me about your homelands and your indigenous heritage. Okay. Um, before I start, I just wanted to... Um, uh just just introducing um the village I come from, which is called where the turtle is got wedged, which is known to cells. Um <clears throat> the district I come from is Goachi. My grandfather is uh, from the village of uh, Kaichmuk. Um, my father is Gary Manuel. My mother is Sadie Sosi. And I just want to acknowledge just some of my lineage. And I do come from the Thanatham Nation, but I consider myself from both Salt Lake City and Sales, Arizona. So thank you for having me. And just want to start with that welcome. Well, I'm so glad you're here. The Hono Atham. Paint a picture of where that is and what it looks like. <clears throat> so that's in southern Arizona. Um, it's two hours south of Phoenix, one hour west of Tucson. And we share, it's on the international border. So we share 75 miles with Mexico. Um, it's the size of Connecticut. It's the second largest Indian reservation next to the Navajo Nation. And I am half Navajo, by the way. My mom is Navajo. She does come from Fort Defiance. And my father is from where my grandfather is from. He comes from Santa Rosa, Gajmuk. But that's where um, the Thanatham Nation is. And Sells is the the place that I was born and raised. Um, and that's called Gamchukiwasir, where the turtle got wedged. Well, I'm so glad you're here. And I wanted to know what makes you care about the community. Because you got four towers, garden towers, over at Neighborhood House in Poplar Grove. You're working with kids. You're making movies about your people. What makes you care enough to do that? Um, I think just growing up, <clears throat> whether it was a reservation or over here in Salt Lake City, I think inter intergenerational has always played a role in my entire life, whether I was a youth, a teenage um, adult now, and one day I, I plan to be an elder, but all those roles are just significant, not just indigenous communities, but in a healthy, strong community and making sure that those are on point. And if you look historically, all four of those, um, ages have been affected. So right now, um, to have like a strong community, you're just trying to bring back all those ages, whether you're youth, adult, elder, um, and just even the generals too, just trying to step into the place. So step into our natural role. Um, we all have roles and, uh, 
I just take that really serious, um, stepping into a man's, a man's role. Sounds like you do it for my people, which is our first <laughs> song on your list with Joey Badass. What about this song? What about this artist? Do you want to share? Um, I just want to share that. Uh, I think the song is pretty self-explanatory, but more than anything, it's just everything that I'm doing is for a bigger cause, bigger than myself, bigger than, you know, all of us together, it's like for the kids that haven't came to this world yet, it's for the vision, it's for healing Mother Earth, and it's for like the seven generations, and it's for something that's like a lot bigger than myself. So I think the song speaks volumes to that. And this is on Nate's playlist for Music Meets Activism, right here on Radioactive KRCL. You know. That's Toast by Coffee, another song on the Music Meets Activism playlist of my guest this evening, Nate Manuel. Hi again. What's this song all about for you? And where is it why is it on your playlist that you want to shout out? Um Coffee Toast is uh kind of something that uh is just like kind of like looking back and just being it, it, a lot of it has to do with gratitude and just looking back and <clears throat> right now with this GoFundMe going out. The hood is like showing up for me in so many different ways. And Let's talk about this. You got to go fund me out there. You recently had a life changing diagnosis. Yeah, yeah. So I was diagnosed in September um, twenty of this year, twenty twenty two, um, with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. But I have been showing symptoms since the beginning of twenty twenty, and so um, it's kind of like a nightmare come true. Um, and you're like a big guy. I mean, you're a tall guy. You you like to get out there and get your hands in the earth. That's got to be a, a shocking diagnosis for you. Yeah, it's been very challenging. Um, people that do know me in Salt Lake or back home on the reservation, they know me as a basketball player. Um, they know me just being active and kind of like an athlete, too. And so um, it's definitely been, uh, uh, it's been definitely, like I said, it's been challenging humbling and um just with everything that i know about als i'm just happy i'm here right now more than anything and i think the song speaks to that and just talks about blessings and and gratitude a lot and just why we need to continue to be humble and grateful and um i don't know there's there's like i said the 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 hood has definitely been showing up for me and the community has been showing up for me and i just want to acknowledge that um it feels good right now. And so mm-hmm. that song speaks, that, sp- that song is perfect for that because um, a lot of people are showing up. And I, uh, if this is meant to work out or how long it's ever meant to work out, prayer and good energy and all those thoughts that are coming my way is definitely necessary for that. So I just want to acknowledge that. Well, we'll put in the show notes a link to the GoFundMe so folks can check it out and learn more about you. And also the Slug article, they profiled you as well earlier this month called A Humble Prayer, a conversation with This Was the Place filmmaker Nathan Manuel. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but first we had another song. Tell us what's next on your Music Meets Activism playlist. Okay, next is my brother, Che Christ. He comes from, he's Peeposh, um, Colorado, Colorado River Tribe. And he's a, he's, he's a land defender, water protector. And he's um, one of those uh, native hip hop artists that doesn't just rap about it, but walks his talk too. And so I definitely want to give him a shout out and 
play his song and um it starts and ends with John Trudell, the poet, the the I mean John Trudell kind of did it all, but um it's a beautiful song and it just talks about how all of us, not just human beings, not just animals, not just plants, we're all shapes of the earth. We all come from um the same uh metals, liquids and forms. Just uh, the shapes are different. And John Trudell says it a lot better than I do. But yeah, the song, if you really listen to it, breaks down um, a lot of beautiful things and what it's like being indigenous in this country on our own lands. Who we are, we're human beings. Human and being. Human and being. The same thing, have the same relationship to Sun Sky Universe. Form is different. Che Christ, Shapes of the Earth on KRCL Radio Active, a round of Music Meets Activism, a conversation and a playlist to match with my guest this evening, Nate Manuel. Check tonight's show notes for links to Nate. And in particular, this was The Place, a film series that he released. And it also leads into our next song on your playlist because of uh, one of the folks featured in it. But I wanted to share some of the series. Can you set this up for us? What's this about? So um, <clears throat> the series is... is um it was kind of like oriented around Native American Heritage Month. Um, there's two holidays in November, and that's uh, Native American Heritage Month is November. But uh, the second or the first holiday is Veterans Day, and the final holiday is Thanksgiving, which we call Thanksgiving. But um, there's four episodes, and we dropped when we did do it in 2021, we dropped an episode every Wednesday. Um, throughout the entire month of November. And the first two episodes, the first episode is identity with the land, what it is to be indigenous. And the second one is talking about veterans and how the natives are like the most enrolled per capita and the most enrolled in the military. So we come from military communities, but more the bigger, we come from warrior communities and we still have that warrior spirit alive. And that's, you know, indigenous people all over the world. Um, there's like 5% of us protecting like 80% of the world's biodiversity. It's no different here in America. We're a small percentage um, protecting a lot. And that warrior spirit is still here in our communities. And just acknowledging that veterans that may not be um, officially labeled by the U.S. military, Geronimo, Tecumseh, you know, people just in the community, those definitely are veterans too. And it's no disrespect to the veterans that are official, but we just like acknowledge the other warriors that do stand up for the people and stand up for the, for, for our mother earth and for the universe and father sky. All right. So this clip comes from episode three and features a buddy of yours. Oh yes. Um, Justin Monga. He is, um, I met him when I was coaching at uh, West High School. I was coaching the basketball team over there, and I got the opportunity to meet Justin Monga along with a lot of other um, basketball players and just peop- just just students at West High School. Um, and he starts episode three and ends episode three, and he talks about his brother, Sean, that um, unfortunately passed away last summer. And... Uh, and he was one of a handful of the kids that got shot, um, but he he lived. Got shot. And uh, in the movie and in the documentary, it shows the headstone of where um, his headstone's at and where he was, where his uh, his brother was shot. And I was fortunately, I was very fortunate to meet Sean too. 
he didn't play basketball, but he was always around and he was always, um, he was a good kid. And I didn't get to know him on the level. I got to meet Justin and a few other players, but um, he was, he was definitely a really good individual. And I definitely want to send um, some love out to him and uh, just appreciate, um, just appreciate that, uh, that he was a good community person of Rose Park from what I'm hearing and what I know of him too. This is his brother, Justin Monga, featured in This Was The Place. Hi, my name is uh, Justin Monga. This is my brother, Sean Pagonove Vea Amone. This is Rose Park. We're on General Drive right now. This is my brother passed away. Drive-by shooting. Got one king ahead. My little brother, Sean. Tongi. So what is food like in your community here in Rose Park? It's, it's a bunch of fast foods. That's all I eat. I want some healthy. Do you feel you, like you have access to healthy organic food in your community? Yeah, to be honest, no. If I, if I want to go eat something healthy, I, like, I always got to take the freeway somewhere else. So I would say no. That was Justin Manga from This Was The Place by my guest this evening, uh, Nate Manuel. Filmmaker and your series is fantastic. We'll put a link in the show notes. But Justin's also connected to one of the bands you want to play on your playlist. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the fourth song is uh, called, the song is called Gatsby, and it's by Venu Moon and Bobby B. Mac. And they are um, artists and musicians of Rose Park, and I just want to give a shout out to the Moon Gang, their entire their entire squad. Um, <clears throat> Leaky, Nas, Navu, Justin are all they all rolled together, and there's a uh, there's a handful of other ones that um, that roll with them too. So I definitely want to give out a shout out to the entire Moon Gang, and they are from Rose Park, and they make a lot of fun music and a lot of good music. And this is one of their um, one of their most popular songs, and it's a uh, it's a really cool music video. And I've gotten an opportunity to play with both of them, play basketball with both of them, and uh, play in Rose Park Men's League basketball leagues together. And uh, they're really good brothers, and so I definitely want to send some love to Bobby B and Venu Moon on KRCL. Music Meets Activism on Radioactive with Nate Manuel, and we're wrapping up his playlist. Going to go out with something really good. But I wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of speak to the community about what you're going through, but also how you're dealing with that by really leaning into the community with what you do. Um, <clears throat> so I work at the Neighborhood House, and I work um, in the school age program, which is K-6, through in my classroom. I run the co-teach with Syra in um, 215. We run the second and third grade graders and she's an awesome co-teacher and I definitely want to give my boss a shout out, Megan Shaw. Um, those two have definitely been have a huge impact and they support me and my whole school age team and pretty much the whole neighborhood house. They support me really good from the top to the bottom. Um, They're aware of my diagnosis. They plan to do a bucket, ice bucket challenge. Oh, very good. So um, hopefully that will be 
um, out here soon so people could participate. And uh, yeah, the neighborhood house is a really cool place. And I have a history of working with youth. So it was just a perfect fit for me. Coaching um, basketball. Coaching basketball, working at the Urban Indian Center as youth coordinator, um, basketball camps, working at the Boys and Girls Club. I just barely came from the Youth of the Year event down here at Capital West um, Boys and Girls Club here in Rose Park. And uh, just definitely want to give a shout out to Andreas Palacios, who won uh, Glendale's Youth of the Year. And um, he had a beautiful speech and my friend and I barely caught his speech. So it was really I was really humbled to be there. And uh, it was it's just cool to have that type of impact on our community, specifically our youth, because they are our future. So it's like I do take my work really serious and. Um, the type of work I do at the neighborhood house, I definitely try to push um, a green thumb knowledge onto them. Yeah, so we tell can. us about the garden towers you got growing over there. Okay, yeah, no, it's just um, I think in the docu series it talks a little bit about food sovereignty and food security, and you know, neighborhood houses in Poplar Grove, um, Poplar Grove neighborhood, and if you look in the neighborhood. To me, I consider that kind of like the bridge between Glendale and Rose Park. And uh, if you look in those neighborhoods all together, and a lot of people from the documentary are from those neighborhoods, um, kind of talk about how uh, there's not like a whole lot of organic, healthy food. There's um, processed food. And we do love we do love our, 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 our local restaurants. We do love, you know, we do support our local foods but it is a food desert in, in a lot of places and um and so what i'm trying to do in my classroom is just push green thumb knowledge because no one ever taught me that in school and it is cool to see um kids learn how to grow their own food and um henry grew in, in the documentary henry um talks about how he grows radish um so i am growing radish like Everyone else is growing lots of healthy stuff. The reason why I want to grow them, radish, is because, like, so we can have more stuff to um, use. And, like, it's because, like, I'm Mexican and, like, I want to I want, I want um, make some pozole and put some radish on there. We just barely got a greenhouse over there. And so hopefully we'll be able to, like, utilize that. But the vision for that is, like, we could harvest our own food to make salsa and breakfast burritos and stuff like that so just That's starting, the best yeah, man just starting fundamental but just yeah. big at the same time we're gonna have to hook up the punk rock farmer and his seed stores with you for the next planting yes. season so we're gonna go out with another one of your favorites on your music meets activism list do you share your music with the kids over at neighborhood yeah House? yeah we were just actually listening to the next artist um yeah, and and all these people that uh, that that are on my list, I, I we play when we're doing homework, we play when we're cleaning, we, we I play the music when we're when we're in the gym, playing capture the flag or like dodgeball. So they definitely um, hear my music and hear the flavor I bring <laughs> to the neighborhood house and other teachers too. But uh, as far as the fifth artist, um, Defraction Nine um, is a local band from the Don Autumn Nation. And I've had the I've had the privilege to meet the drummer um, Jacob Enriquez, and it's a family band. And uh, I got the privilege to meet him on the Unity Run, where we run for six days, and we run from all Indigenous Autumn communities, 
we start like around Salt River and we go to Gila River Auction and we go to Don Autumn, then we go into Mexico. And the documentary explains how the Autumn are on both sides. So we run through all the native communities from South Central Arizona area outside of Phoenix all the way into Mexico. And that's where I met Jacob. And he plays, he's, he's a drummer and um, their family plays a band and it's called Wider Music. And people may think it be like polka or Mexican, but it's specifically Don Autumn and it's native, but, and it's really, it's really beautiful. And before the pandemic, the Biast used to go until the sun comes up and everybody would have a good time. And it's a really beautiful thing. And they consist of two-step chicken scratch and cumbia. And um, the song I'm specifically that I like is uh, my baby girl's cumbia. And, uh, that's uh that's defaction nine. Hey, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for coming in. Uh, yeah, no, thank you, and I appreciate having this opportunity. So, likewise. <laughs> yeah. Defaction nine and my girl's cumbia. The final song on our Music Meets Activism playlist with Nate Manuel. You can check out tonight's show notes for a link to his This Was The Place series, the GoFundMe, and more. Thank you, Nate, so much for coming on the show. And if you've got someone you think would make a good candidate for Music Meets Activism, just send me an email, radioactive at krcl.org, and tell me who and why. Thanks for plugging into your community with Radioactive, your show, grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. I'm Laura Jones. Have a great night. KRCL, Salt Lake City. Support for KRCL comes from our listeners and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.